Greetings, bibliophiles, to five author questions, or 5AQ, presented by the Kalamazoo Public Library, the podcast that attempts to delve into the minds of writers using only five questions. My name's Kevin King. I'm the head of community engagement here at the Kalamazoo Public Library. And I'm Sandra Farrick, head of youth services at the Kalamazoo Public Library. So uh, today we have a very special guest who is a giant. So my question to you, Sandra, is who is your favorite giant? <laughs> Um, I was thinking about this, and I have two. Roald Dahl's BFG. Okay. And then Alice from Alice in Wonderland, because okay. I want to be able to eat things and get big, and then eat other things and get small. Nice. Uh, what you is know, yours? My, my favorite giant, other than Walter, because <laughs> that's just a given, is um, Andre the Giant, the wrestler. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I love that man, and it's, he's just an idol of he's mine. He's in one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the documentary about his life, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I thought. Not the, not the Princess Bride at all. No, not at all. No, no. All right. So. All right. So now Walter M. Mays is the librarian at the Girls Middle School in Palo Alto, California, where he has spent the last two decades sharing his lifelong passion for books. A noted expert on literature for children and teens, Walter has presented all over the country as well as serving as a judge for numerous literary awards and prizes among them the L.A. Times Book Prize, the Odyssey Award, and the Michael L. Prince Award. He is the author of Walter, the Giant Storyteller's Giant Book of Giant Stories and co-author of Valerie and Walter's Best Books for Children with Valerie Lewis. In addition to his work as a librarian and writer, Walter is a professional storyteller, an auctioneer, an actor and director, an audiobook narrator, and a Jeopardy! champion January 1992 for five games for... A total of 56,003 whole dollars. And now I'm exhausted by all the things that you do, and I am such a slacker. Oh, welcome, Walter. Welcome. We're going to start with a very silly question. What is your go-to shower song? Um, I don't sing in the shower as much as you might think seeing as how I do so much theater. And that is because when I sing in the shower, um, everyone hears <laughs> the people in my house, the people next door, the people down the block. It's yeah, it is because singing in the shower is not a, it's, it's a full on thing. If I'm going to sing in the shower, I'm going to sing something that I'm either working on in a show that I need to practice, or I'm going to sing something that is, uh, that resonates with all those lovely tile walls. And so you can hear my big booming baritone, just like echoing, but yeah, it's seriously loud. That story. So we're going to go into question two, which is tell us about someone who is better than you in an area that truly matters to you. Um, I try always to learn from everyone I have ever worked with. So I am very, very aware that even people who I am older than, more experienced than, um, cleverer than, or whatever, everybody's got something to bring to the party and I need to actually be listening and paying attention to it. This comes from 20 years of working with middle school girls. Um, <laughs> who, who, you know, they're middle school girls. So they, they have their, you know, their, their limitations and their immaturities, but I learn stuff from the kids all the time. Um, I will say that the person that my, 
as a storyteller, let me just go to storytelling in that area. Um, I once sat at a storytelling festival and watched Carmen Agraditi do a version of the wife of Bath from the Canterbury Tales in a giant outdoor tent with hundreds and hundreds of, of stuff. And it the, 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 the storytelling festival was divided uh, among people. This is storytelling for families and this is storytelling for adults. And they were very clear, <laughs> you know, don't bring your little kids to this one because <laughs> the story's going to be long or it's going to be body or whatever. And Carmen started off her whole thing explaining to us that she has two versions of the wife of bath that she does because you have to do the one that's clean. If the kids are there and you want to do the one that's based on the actual Chaucer, which is filthy mm -hmm. if the adults are there and there were no kids. And so she launches into, into the whole thing and she is like a good one third of the way into the wife of bath. And we are roaring and everything. And a, grandmother with two little ones comes walking in the tent and sees three chairs right at the front and Carmen doesn't even skip a beat. You could literally see her switch tracks and she just jumped to the family friendly version of the wife of Bath and then <laughs> let us know that she had done it by finding the next place where it was going to be dirty and just taking a giant breath and giving us a look, that was the biggest laugh of the day and the <laughs> with the people. So that is something I really deeply admired. And I have always, that was 20 some odd years ago. And I, I have always held that in my, in my, my mind as well, that's how you really own an audience because you don't just get up there and say, I'm going to do my shtick and you're just going to sit there and listen, regardless if they, if it shifts, you have to shift with them. And so that's that's the hallmark of a really, really good performer. And Carmen Agraditi is like the best of the bunch. Oh, wow. wow. I got to look her up. I know. Yeah, oh. she writes books, too. Okay. She writes really good books. Um, she did The Library Dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Book. That's Carmen Agraditi. Oh, okay, okay, but, yes. But she's, she's one of those people who has a foot in both worlds, the foot of storytelling world okay. and the foot in the children's picture book world. Yeah, that's common, isn't it? There's a lot of storytellers that you know write picture books because why not? Why not? It makes sense. Well, that's how I came to write, you know, mine. Is yes. Because an editor kept saying, "Why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book?" And I said, "I don't want to write a book. I don't want to write a book." And she <laughs> said, "Why don't you write a book?" And she nagged me until I did it. Well, it's a great book, and we'll talk about that a little later. All right, now we're going to switch gears to a serious question. How really. Do you yeah, maybe. I mean, okay, you don't have to. We can just joke okay. about it. But how do you manage failure? Failure is an essential part of life. And the way that I have learned to manage failure is by failing over and over and over again until I no longer am thrown by it. Um, I, I, I really and truly believe that adults who work with impressionable young people have a responsibility to model failure and recovery from failure on a regular basis. And uh, we are a hands-on project-based school. We don't give letter grades. We do narrative progress reports here. And one of the things that uh, the staff is really good at is, oh, that's not working? okay, we're going to change and we're going to do something else now and just moving it along. And I've always wanted for years to, to have our marketing materials say, the girls' middle school, a safe place to fail. <laughs> but that's not a good tagline for a school. So we decided not to go with that. But yeah, um, 
I, I still get the pit, the, the feeling in the pit of my stomach. I still, I still hear, um, I don't, I don't remember who this is, but it's a, it's a clip from a movie and it's, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going <laughs> to laugh at you. And I can, I can still hear that. Um, it is no less internally devastating than it was when I was a kid. My recovery is better because I know I have lived through it. So I will live through this one and I will pick myself up. And I, I was just working with our, um, our seventh grade has to do a whole bunch of presentations, public presentations uh, uh, this weekend. And I was doing all the coaching with them. And one of the things I always say is own your mistakes. You screw up, own it in front of everybody else. Don't try to pretend like it didn't happen. Don't draw extra attention to it. Because if you just keep going, no one's going to notice that you, you skipped a line or messed up a word. But my favorite example is I saw I once saw a kid come up to give a, a, a speech. I don't know, valedictory or class president or whatever and it's an outdoor ceremony and it's everybody's dressed and everything and she goes up to the podium she's been announced she's got her speech um and and her parents are parents and family and whatever are out in the audience and they're all just screaming and yelling at, as you know people do at graduation yay and she wants to start the speech so she goes like this with her hand she raises them up in that palms out thing saying guys chill stop talking okay and as she does, a giant gust of wind comes and blows her speech away. <laughs> Gave her speech and gather it for her. And she just waves at the principal and says, you know, don't worry about it. She starts her speech. And she says her speech from the heart. Um, and I don't, it's the difference between what we say in the theater, the difference between memorizing and learning by heart. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to memorize. I do not want you to recite words. I actually want you to put it inside you somewhere mm -hmm. and have it come out through you. And so if a disaster happens or, you know, um, and I, as a storyteller, I, let me tell you, there's nothing that can stop me. I once had, I once had a principal, I just once had a principal come in and say, um, uh, I need you, I need you to stop right now because there has been, I don't remember what it was, but like lice or you know, something. Where they, <laughs> There's a lice so invasion. She, it was like one of those horrible things. With the, and I was like in mid story and the kids were so captivated. They were all listening to me and they, they didn't want to pay attention to the principal. So I said, if you are all quiet while you are leaving the room. I will continue to tell the story. So it will be over by the time you leave. And so, yeah, you, you, you cannot, you cannot stop me if I'm on a roll. Oh, I know that. <laughs> uh, I've lived that actually. Yes, you have. <laughs> All right. Question number four, what do you do that others in your personal life might find annoying? Oh, the list is so long, Kevin. Um, as I, as I like to explain to people, I am an acquired taste. <laughs> Um, and I have, I have come to terms with the fact that not everybody is gonna be a Walter fan. It, it's, it's never been the case. And somewhere in my mid to late thirties, yeah, right around my mid to late thirties, I figured it out and I stopped caring. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was putting me through a, a situation where I had a boss who detested me and um, I suddenly realized, Oh, the fact that he doesn't like me doesn't matter. I'm just going to do what I know is right. Um, because he'll be gone soon because he's an asshole <laughs> and I was right. And he was, uh -huh. and I just outlived him, you know? Um, but when you're doing, when you're doing, uh, 
Okay, I have a, okay. Oh, there's a quote. There's a quote. I, I should have pulled this quote up sooner. I apologize. There is an amazing quote about being a person who is extreme. And let's see if it's something. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it. Okay, sorry. I thought it was somewhere on my phone, but it's not. So, but the, the point of the, the point of the thing is, is you have a responsibility to be whoever it is you are. You, you've got to be that. And if other people cannot deal with you, then you, you need to, you need to do two things. One, you need to listen and determine if the value of what they are saying is something you want to live with. If my grandmother tells me that I'm annoying, I would say, okay, grandma, I, I, I'll try to calm that down. But you know, if, 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 if I'm, if I'm, I'm not talking about being, I am aware that I'm sometimes when I am in public, I am talking too loud at a restaurant and I need to be quieter. Got it. I can do that. You give me the cue. I'll hear you and I'll calm down. But my essence of myself um, you, yeah, that's not, that's, that's not going to be ameliorated for or by anyone or anything. Um, and I've learned, um, and I've also learned that the people who find you annoying and then cannot self edit their life so that you aren't part of their daily life, mm -hmm. I've learned to remove them from mine. And that way, because I don't, I don't want to force my annoying self on you. I am perfectly, perfectly happy that we didn't have any interactions. It's, it's why I stopped talking in staff meetings 15 years ago. I just, <laughs> I just don't talk anymore. Oh my God. Well, just so you know, I, I still love you. I, I still love you, Kevin. Okay, good. Does everybody know our story or is the greater Kalamazoo going to be very confused by the fact that you're my lover? <laughs> Well, I am very confused, and I'd like to hear all about it. <laughs> we can tell you off air. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we're up to question number five. Five, five. Aliens have landed, and you have been selected to explain literature for children and teens. What do you say to the visitors? Literature for children and teens is anything that a child will read. There are adults who are in the business, and I underline that word business, of deciding what is right for children and teens to read. But a child who is motivated and goes to select his or her reading choices is going to pick something that is right for them. And that we have to honor. Yes, if the child stands in the middle of the library and has just got that lost look on her face and is going, I don't know what I want to read, I will guide them and ask them questions and all that, you know, all that good stuff. But, you know, your seven-year-old comes into the kitchen and pulls the joy of cooking off the shelf and sits there pouring over page after page after page. You don't tell that kid that's not a book for children and say, here, let me get you a children's cookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will tell those aliens that, um, don't listen to all those other adults. They will tell you lies. And if a child <laughs> wants to read it, it's children's literature. Wow. Thank you so much. I, I, you know, that's the, the answer I was expecting from you. And it's one that I think is lost a lot of times when people talk about literature for youth. So I'm, I'm happy we got that out there. So We've done our five questions. And oh, thank God that's over. I'm, I'm, I, I, you're, the hard part's done. But we want to give you the opportunity to tell, for you to tell us what, what, what are you doing now or 
you know, what's next for Walter, the storytelling giant? Um, pandemic life has come at a, a really interesting point in my life where for much of the last 12 months, I have found myself thinking, hmm, so this is what retirement is like? Okay. <laughs> This isn't bad. I could do this. Huh. So I have been having thoughts. I'm by no means ready to retire from my school job, but um, I'm serving on a book selection committee now. And Kevin can certainly to attest, attest for the last 20 years. I mean, I've been on book selection committees. It's mm -hmm. just so I read the books that they send me and you argue and you talk and then you come up with a, a, a selection of finalists or winners or whatever. And I'm on a book selection committee this year and I'm thinking to myself, maybe I don't ever need to do this again. <laughs> this might be the last one. I mean, you know, somebody magically calls me up and says, hi, Walter, we need you to be, you know, chairman of the Newberry Committee. Would you do it? I might say yes. Yeah. Um, but it's like, wow. So I, I, I'm thinking in terms of in terms of my national profile as a larger than life storyteller slash writer slash expert about children's books. I'm thinking to myself, wow, I don't need to work hard to maintain that. If that just goes away, that goes away. As long as I find an excuse to, you know, to come to Michigan and hang out with Kevin and my buds, um, and then, you know, and maybe once in a while, but I don't, I don't enjoy the conferences anymore. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I enjoy seeing the people, mm -hmm. But I don't enjoy being in the conferences. And quite frankly, I'm having a hard time imagining ever being in a place with seas of people in front of me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that will feel, um, which, of course, means going to conferences, getting on public transportation, flying, going to the theater, which I go mm -hmm. to the theater – 85, 95 nights out of the year, I go to the theater. So I'm thinking, wow, what if I didn't do any of that? And since I've had 12 months of not doing any of that, it's like, oh, it's not bad at all. So I have done a, I've done a great deal of organizing and cataloging uh, my books because I have way too many of them. Library nerd. And, uh, nerd. <laughs> and I have, um, I have also, uh, I've also set up um, uh, so that my son is not overwhelmed when I finally do kick under and he has to deal with my estate. I've set <laughs> up, here's what you do with the comic mm -hmm. books. Here's what you do with the vinyl. Here's what Those you are, do. And I, you know, and the you vinyl and comic books are coming to me, right? If you want to, we can have that conversation. <laughs> we can absolutely have that conversation. Shipping will cost you a pretty oh, penny. There's a lot of them. I'll just come. To, I'll just come see Anthony and get him. So. There you go. You, well, you and Anthony want to work that out on your own. Yeah, we That's will. Fine. We will. Yeah. You know? Anthony, it's too much work. I'll take care of him. So, fine. <laughs> um, so, so, but I, but I know that I want to work at this school, and I want to continue working at this to this school until it's not, um, until it's not right for me physically mm -hmm. this the book fair right before the pandemic began was the first book fair what i thought oh well maybe i shouldn't be the one that's picking up all the boxes of books and distributing mm -hmm. all the boxes of books and unpacking all the boxes of books and setting up all the i mean i'm a one-man show and i just do it all myself and i thought wow maybe i should actually get parent volunteers to help me <laughs> because 
packing up packing up a book fair and sending it back to where it came from is it, I'm wiped out for the weekend mm-hmm. after it's over. So, so yeah, so things like that. But I working with the students, uh, keeping my library sane and safe, um, making sure that they have the books that they need. All of those things are are really important to me. So, I uh, and if somebody calls me and wants me to come and speak somewhere. As Anthony says, Anthony is my son. As Anthony says, as long as you can talk, Dad, you'll have work. So <laughs> there you are. You want me to come and talk? I will be happy to show up. But I don't think I'm going to be like running ads in the trades, telling people I'm available for hire. <laughs> well, I can attest to Walter's uh, performances and in, uh, in his presentations. He's definitely someone you're going to want to reach out and get in contact with. And if they wanted to get in contact with you about that, what would they have to do? You the best way to do it is to go to my Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is just Walter the Giant on Facebook, and that's where all the business information is kept, and you can find it all there. Great. Well, this has been everything I expected and more. <laughs> Walter, thank you so much for being here, and we really appreciate it, and I can't wait to see you again. And uh, we are ready to wrap this show up. Thank you so much again, Walter. Thank, thank you so you. much. you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Five Author Questions presented by the Kalamazoo Public Library. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And finally, we leave you with a quote from Zora Neale Hurston. There are years that ask questions and years that answer.